0: Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. On this show, we address the challenges faced in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era. Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must have a missional mindset. Christianity does have the answers of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's conversation.
1: Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott and Hannah Greaser. We have been it's been a while since we've been in the studio. I know it's exciting. <laughs> it is. It's it's fun to be back. I've been you know in a writing cave for most of the summer, writing grants, writing a book, and so it's just a little bit of a, a dexterity that's required to to switch gears and get back into the studio, get back into the radio mindset. But um, I am super excited um, about this show. Um, One of my greatest passions, you know, is trying to discover where Christianity in America is headed. Where are we going? We are inundated with all of these statistics that do seem grim and they do seem discouraging. And, you know, in my work as the Young Adult Initiative Director, I've spoken with pastors across the nation and as a researcher also, I've spoken with pastors across the nation, across the world. And, you know, I come across a steady, um, you know, like increase in discouragement Yeah. and pastors are just very discouraged about the state of Christianity in America. And, you know, the statistics do not help. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I ran across this you know, just recently, probably just last week, I think it came out, is a new study. Yeah, it came out on August 6th, where construction spending on the construction of church buildings, while during the pandemic, construction just went through the roof in every other area, church buildings have declined.
2: Yeah. And that's like, that's a reflection of what our culture values is what's being constructed. And it makes you wonder if that is a reflection of people's fervor for Christianity or if it's just shifting in how we practice it.
1: Right, we don't know, you know, I mean, the, I think the secular media would like to tell us that Christianity is absolutely dying and it's going to be eradicated. And this is going to be the next missionary graveyard, like they call France, they call France the missionary graveyard. Hmm. But um, with us today, I'm so excited to have uh, Eugene Kim with us. Uh, Eugene Kim has been a pastoral leader for over 25 years. After spending 17 years helping to build a church from a young startup into a large established church with multiple locations, he discerned it was time to step outside of the familiar in order to reimagine how we do church and spirituality from the ground up. Eugene is an ordained minister and holds a BA in biblical studies and a master of divinity degree. He is a systems thinker and a connector of dots but still a pastor at heart. I really like that. Me too. <laughs> uh, he's passionate about designing a new way of, be- of being the church that offers everyone a place to belong. He sees the role in his organization, The New Wine Collective, as the chief architect and synthesizer of ideas, as well as convener of conversations. Eugene, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Haley and Hannah, it's an honor.
1: Well, you know, I just mentioned a study that indicates a steady decline in church construction. And, you know, we can take that, like Hannah said, in so many different ways. We can think of it in ways that, okay, people are not willing to build churches anymore. And that is a reflection of their lack of faith. Or we can start to think, okay, we have technology. We have all these other ways of getting connected Um, and perhaps people are practicing their faith differently. And I'd love to hear your opinion on those numbers and what you're seeing and, you know, connect those dots for us, you know, as you see them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'd love to share some thoughts. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, meet you and to talk about these interesting topics. Uh, to me, it definitely seems like a lot of things are happening at the same time. Um, the fact that there are many people walking away from organized religion in general, especially younger generation, seems uh, pretty well documented at this point. But um, I think that it also seems true that many people are discovering um, that there are more ways to find God and practice faith and just inside um, programmatic churches or institutions or even in buildings. Um, so I think all these things are probably happening at the same time. A lot of things, these things happening as a, world of, as, a, um, re- as a result of all the change that has happened in our world over the past, uh, I would say, 20 to 30 years. And um, so I think it's pretty clear Christianity is changing Whether it's dying or not, I think it's up for debate. Uh, Personally, I think it's evolving and shifting and being kind of going through a redefinition. And the way that we practice church, particularly uh, as it pertains to buildings and organizations, I think is definitely changing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the conversations that I've had with my daughters, my poor daughters, They have these weird conversations with me. They're like, oh, my gosh, Mom. You know, because I will talk about Christianity and the way it's changing. And, you know, I'll explain to them that the way church has been done for like Mm -hmm. since the time of Constantine is changing now. And we are seeing that today, we are alive to see this change happening. And so, you know, we're we're talking and I'm asking Siri, when did Constantine die? (laughs) And I think it's like in the 300s or something like that. So we're looking at 1700 years of established church um, dominance in culture. And that is evolving in different ways. Mm -hmm. And
2: Yeah. yeah. And with those changes, Eugene, you know, you spent two decades building a church, and now you're taking the time to think and reconsider how church is done. And I'm curious about what in your personal and professional life kind of spurred this season of rethinking.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it all started um, a number of years ago when I went through um, kind of a period of burnout in ministry Uh, But as part of that period, I was also questioning and shifting a lot in my own spirituality. Um, And at that point, I'd been a pastor for a good number of years. You know, I felt like I was doing all the right things, um, but I felt like I had reached the limit to how far my own spirituality could take me. Um, You know, just for background, I grew up in church. I went to an evangelical Bible college. I went to an evangelical seminary. And for me, spirituality meant knowing and believing the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was discovering that despite knowing and believing the right things and even being an above average Christian, you know, above average pastor leading others, um, it wasn't necessarily making me more like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so I started asking some very basic questions again, like, you know, um, what really is the gospel? Um, how do I read the Bible? Does, uh, does prayer actually work? Um, and I realized that a lot of the answers I'd been given felt inadequate. Um, and so I went on a search. And I started expanding uh, my perspective, and uh, I discovered the contemplative tradition, uh, you know, Christian mysticism, and I started learning from other voices, and um, it really was kind of this spiritual awakening, Um, I discovered God to be much bigger than I had known previously. And uh, as all these changes are happening inside of me, I started seeing things differently on the outside as well. And I started seeing myself differently. I started seeing uh, especially those on the outside and the margins differently uh, with more sensitivity and compassion. And I started valuing different things and realizing that Uh, The things that I was valuing weren't always aligned with what I was spending about 80% of my time doing as a pastor. Hmm.
2: What were some of those things?
0: I mean, running an organization, (laughs) you know, um, and managing the staff and creating programs and kind of, you know, doing the whole church brand thing, Mm
1: -hmm. as
0: well as the Sunday production and event production.
1: Sunday production.
0: of course, right? <laughs> um, and I started seeing the ways that we were, we were doing church um, and starting to see that it wasn't really working in the way that I once thought it did. Um, and so I don't know how much you know, detail you want to go into, but there's a, a few things that kind of stood out to me.
1: I'd love um, to hear like you know, two, of the, two of the top things that sure. stood out to you.
0: Yeah, I think what, one of the things that stood out to me was we were quote unquote, I think, winning as a church. Um, we were growing in our area, multiplying, planting churches, uh, campuses, kind of doing multi-site thing, experimenting with all these different models. Um, but I think if we look honestly at our growth, Uh, And this is well documented in other studies that, you know, probably a good 90, above 95% of our growth is just transfer growth.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, It's people coming from other churches or pre-trained Christians that are moving to the area. They're going to Google the word church and they're going to end up at a church somewhere. Um, But in terms of actually um, meeting people in our community, meeting um, people who are new to Jesus um the numbers probably were a lot lower um than you know kind of what our marketing might suggest um and i think that's probably true across the board of most most churches i believe
1: yeah i think that you know that really speaks to you know the transfer growth versus the new growth i mean mm-hmm you know, I've studied this as well and thought a great deal about this. And just in my experiences of ministering to people who are less fortunate, who may be on the margins, you know, I used to teach a Bible study to women with felony convictions in downtown Denver. And after Bible study one day, they said, oh my gosh, you know, Thank God we don't go to these white suburban churches because we would feel like we would have to have our act together and the Lord knows we don't have our act together and I was in that moment I was so envious of them because I go to that church and I feel like I go to these churches and I feel like sometimes I you know and I'm I've kind of trying to to break my own to break the tradition and a little bit myself but and not try to put on a face. You know, if I'm not doing well, I'm going to tell you. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a really interesting thing to, to consider the way we do church. And, yeah. you know, on your website, you mentioned that the way we do church actually may not, you know, and you just mentioned it In your about your own spiritual life, it may not be facilitating spiritual growth of Christians. In other words, to make people more like Christ, and I'd love to hear you know about what are some of the specific things that you saw that might be prohibiting the spiritual growth of Christians. Is it just the programmatic element? Um, You know, because there are different ways of knowing. You know, I can know in my head that. You know, I'm a precious, cherished child of God, but to know it, you know, like I know I love my daughters. And to live out of that place too. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it's a different type of knowing. And so mm-hmm. how do you think that the you know, that business corporate way of doing church or the way you did church in the past as a pastor prohibited that spiritual development of believers?
0: Yeah, that's such an awesome question, uh, and I feel the need to nuance everything that I'm saying. Um, I think there are definitely pros and cons to the model that we are, you know, that we're all used to. Uh, I think it was my vantage point uh, as a person on the inside, just seeing some of the the downsides, right? The consumerism, the exclusion, the um, over-functioning, you know, clergy and staff, um, the how expensive it all is, right, to do church that way, Um, but I think your question really hits the nail on the head in terms of, like, what was kind of bothering me the most, um, and started seeing um, much more of the downsides of the whole system in general. Um, I think some of the things that stand in the way of people becoming um, the disciples of Jesus that you know, that Jesus calls them to be is um, I think the clergy and laity divide is certainly a a huge component of that. Um, I think the way we've professionalized clergy has led to some good things. You know, we see a lot of good uh, expertise and excellence that has come as a result of that, but I think it's had some real negative effects, too. Um, I think that our current clergy Hierarchy is kind of a setup for dependency and, at worst, abuse. Um, it creates this dependency on people and power um, and sort of encourages consumerism. Um, and, you know, when your business model, your job depends on you being uh, the best Christian in the room or the person with the most knowledge and, and the best answers. Uh, then it's really hard to resist um, that that impulse to over-function uh, and serve that kind of paternalistic role in people's lives and mm-hmm. keep people immature and dependent on you. Um, and there's so many things I could say about this. I think our, our obsession with content over connection, it's a big part of it. Um, I think our... Um, You know, the way we do church encourages this very narrow understanding of church. You know, you reduce reduce church to a building uh, or an event that you attend. Uh, It encourages this sacred and secular divide. Um, It also, you know, reduces church, you know, capital C Church, to really one denomination or one tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, So it encourages this narrow spirituality when not everyone might be wired for that particular uh, denomination or tradition, and at worst, discipleship becomes about this one-size-fits-all uh, programmatic thing uh, that's mostly just the extension of the primary leader, right? The, it's the spirituality of the pastor mm. kind of extended beyond you know his or herself and saying, here's how you encounter God. Here's how you be a Christian. Um, and so... Well, there's some
1: thoughts. Well, you know, I remember growing up in a Southern Baptist tradition in East Texas and looking at the pastor's at the front of the church, I was a person who, I really, I was a little kid who really loved Jesus. My grand, my nanny calls me the past, she used to call me the pastor because I would be preaching my little sermons um, at five years old or whatever and I really loved Jesus and um, I would see the leaders at church and I would think, wow, these are the people that God appointed to, to be in these positions and they don't act anything like the Jesus that I know, Mm. you know, and eventually as I became a teenager, that actually that disconnect between the power and authority that they had as Christian leaders and their own personal walk with God, um, that dichotomy, that discrepancy led me to atheism and then Mm. agnosticism, which is even, you know, I have a theory that agnosticism, I don't care, is even further from I don't believe in God. I mean, because mm-hmm. as an atheist, you still have that emotion. But right. yeah.
2: Right. And it it makes me wonder, like, if we have a church system that breeds these kind of symptoms or encourages these behaviors that we've talked about. I know it's it's intimidating or hard to put blanket statements over something that we have to uproot church kind of from the ground and start over. hmm But wouldn't that be the case if, I don't know, the way the model that is traditionally in place is not breeding the kind of fruit that we want to produce? Even in a business perspective, that's when you would say, okay, let's start over. Or is that still too extreme to bring to the table?
1: What do you think about that, Eugene? I have my thoughts, I could go on forever, but (laughs) I'd love to hear what you have to think
0: me too. I could, could go on forever too. Maybe we need to have uh, some more conversations um, about this. But uh, yeah, I, I think we are living through this period of time where I think all questions are on the table. Um, I think we're, we're recognizing that people can kind of go to church, um, believe all the orthodox beliefs that Churches tell them to believe, um, you know, go to Bible study, do all the right things, um, and they can still be racists and, and misogynist and um, you know, greedy and exploitive and all of these things. And um, and for many people, I think things are not adding up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and asking the deeper questions of like, okay, well then, you know, if if this form of Christianity Uh, is not bearing fruit. Um, And if we're going to take Jesus' word seriously to judge a tree by its fruit, then you kind of have to look at, um, I I guess from my point of view, American evangelicalism in particular, um, and look at the fruit of that and say, okay, there's something wrong with the tree, and how deep does the sickness go? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think That's sort of the conversation we're in right now. Do we go to the trunk and sort of look at some of the structures that are in place that don't make sense for the kind of discipleship and spirituality we want to see? Or do we actually need to go down to the roots and wonder, hey, what are some of the underlying theological problems here Hmm. um, that's producing fruit like this?
2: That's so I'm interested to
0: hear your, your thoughts, Haley, too.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I've thought so much about, you know, the way that we do church. You know, I remember being in, uh, I was a missionary in Russia, and we had spent, I believe it was New Year's Eve, because they do New Year's before they do Christmas, and we spent New Year's Eve in this country house and the day after on New Year's Day we went through the village and there were these you know homes with that um, holes in the roof and you know just the whole place was falling down and it just was incredibly you could tell that people were living in like dire conditions and then that very afternoon we went to the Peter and Paul Fortress and we went to the cathedral there and I was so angry looking at the discrepancy again between the poverty of the village and the ornate structure of the building and I even asked my host I said how dare they build these buildings whenever there's so much poverty And he said to me, he said, you know, I get why you're you can come to that point and get to that perspective. But at the point where these churches were built, they were built in a time when when people couldn't read. And so they built these buildings as a way to communicate the um, omniscience and omnipotence of God. So when they went to the buildings they could actually experience something completely different and hopefully connect with the sacred because the buildings were so incredibly elaborate compared to their ordinary surroundings and I can kind of understand that but it it does make you think okay so you know our culture has changed so much in the last you know 20 years that it's just like you know, your mind, your your head can go 380 <laughs> almost mm-hmm. just thinking about how fast culture is changing. And so mm-hmm. I do think that there are serious ways that we need to reconsider the way that that we do church in order to best serve the needs of the people that are actually living in the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think that's such a great point. And I think it's fair to say that at the time, that approach may have made sense to them. Um, and maybe they could not have known the, the way that you see it today, right? Um, given, you know, what you know about the world and understanding kind of how power works and, and inequity. Um, and in a lot of ways, I feel like the ways that we have fashioned Church were created in a very different time and place um, from, the one, from the world that we live in now. Uh, and so it it is fair game to sort of re-examine and critique um, some of those things and and look at them critically, uh, appreciating both the pros and the cons. Um, yeah, but when the cons outweigh the pros, um, it may be time for some new thinking uh, and and rebuilding.
1: Well, Eugene, if You know, thank you. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And if people want to find out more about what you're doing and more about your ideas, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, you know, to be honest, I'm very new to this. Uh, It's only been a little over a year um, in this kind of space of thinking through how to do church differently. Uh, But if people want to get connected or learn more, they can visit um, the website, which is newwinecollective.org. Uh, And there I've got a white paper uh, explaining a little bit more about our vision and a few journal entries that are uh, just about some of the thinking behind what we're trying to do. Um, And, of course, people can always reach out to me on social media and find me. i love to connect.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Definitely. Thank you very much.
1: And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Christian Curious just want to have a statement here that you know even as we think critically about the church, it doesn't mean that we're thinking critically or in a critical mindset about um, the way that pastors have given their lives to the promotion of the gospel or to Jesus himself. Our primary goal here is to to honor God and to honor Jesus and to honor the ways that he may be working in the world today. And, you know, if you missed any part of our show, we encourage you to check out our website. That's www.christiancurious.co. That's www.christiancurious.co. There you can find a link to all of our podcasts and you can be able to download the show. And we would love to hear from you and to um, get some feedback. So thank you so much for listening and stay curious.
0: Thank you for listening to Christian Curious. You can contact Dr. Haley at Haley, H-A-L-E-E, at christiancurious.co. That's H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.co. Catch all the episodes on
2: Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also learn more at www.christiancurious.co.